This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk, back in with you guys for another show. Good morning and welcome to a brand new season. Everything is at zero now. Forget it all. It's done. Last season, it's over. Forget about it. I know it's going to be hard, but it's done. It's finished. Kaput. I don't want to hear anything more about eighth. I don't want anything more about Willian. <laughs> the season's done, guys. It's over. It's finished. We are walking into a new era, a new season. Arsenal without European football it could could be a blessing in disguise. We will have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and find out what an Arsenal with no midweek action looks like. Um, it's going to be better for people's um, wallets in regards to not having to pay for European fixtures. Uh, it's going to be hopefully good for rest. You can see how much of a positive spin I'm already trying to put on this. And just there's no tears. There's been no tears. Let's just move forward into the next <laughs> phase of Arsenal's process, uh, as it's like to be called. Good morning, everyone in the chat box. I hope you're doing well. I hope you are good. We're going to get plenty of your questions going throughout the chat, of course, as always. So make sure that you're putting them in as we go through. Towards the end of the show, we have a dedicated Q&A section now. So make sure that you stick around for that. Uh, and thank you, everyone, yesterday that was tuning in for the show. It's been a hell of a long season. Uh, I've got a couple of surprises planned um, that I'm looking forward to getting into throughout the summer and into next season. And, yeah, I'm just looking forward to, to you know, just cracking on, really. Football doesn't stop. It never ends. And uh, hopefully it's going to be a good European Championship. So I think we're going to try and do some stuff for that, focusing around Arsenal, of course. So make sure you subscribe to get all that content. And of course, you're subscribed to get the 8 a.m. morning stuff every single day as well. So without further ado, let's kick off with our first story of the day, which is, of course, some big news uh, from yesterday's game. Uh, Josh Cronkey was in attendance the day of the protest. wasn't, to be honest, if I'm being 100% honest, and I think it is right to be critical of these things, it wasn't the best from what I saw. It wasn't like the protest that we had during the Super League week. Uh, it was nowhere near as um, big, I suppose, is probably the right words. Uh, but there was a lot of people there, and fair play to everyone that went. Um, but yeah, it was it was strange. It was I thought it would have been more. I thought there would have been more people uh, there, to be honest, considering it's the last game of the season, considering fans could go to the game and all that. 
But, you know, fair play to everyone that went. But interesting that Josh Kroenke was, of course, in the stadium um, and was there. He actually went into the dressing room and spoke to the players ahead of the final game. I'm intrigued about the summer. I'm intrigued um, about what this may mean uh, for us, uh, what they might do. I think we're all waiting to kind of see what happens, how they attack the transfer window, what is the big investment that we can expect going into this summer window. It's really, really difficult to, to predict anything because history tells us that very little is, is what we can expect, that we don't, we don't typically have a window where they invest. We've never really seen investment from them. <laughs> It's been the refinancing of stuff, um, which has allowed us to spend money on certain players since like the last couple of years or so. And we just don't know. And that's kind of one of the biggest problems for us right now is that it's a complete area of uncertainty. And we're being asked to put faith in people that have screwed us over time after time after time. And it is very tough. But, you know, as a sign, him turning up being there, it's uh, as much of a positive as you can take out of it, to be fair. The guy on the left in the picture, if you didn't know, is Tim Lewis, who you may have heard a lot about. Um, he is, of course, basically the, the connection between Stan, and I mean Stan, not Josh, uh, KSE and the club. Uh, supposedly, his kind of presence has been felt quite a lot already, including the likes of Raul Sanyehi being moved on, etc., so that's who he is, if you ever wondered who Tim Lewis is. Uh, interesting that they didn't give him an Arsenal-branded mask. Uh, apparently, he's not on the level of, of those two to get one of those. <laughs> so we had to use his own. And, of course, the one on the right is Vin Ivan Kateshim, CEO. The new Ivan Gazidis uh, is who he is. And, yeah, they were in attendance for the game. We've asked for a little bit more presence. We've asked for them to be there. So that's the minimum um, that we're expecting. I want to see a hell of a lot more. That is for darn sure this summer. And I want to see investment in the team. Let's see what you guys say in the chat box about this. Um, Yonick says, protests weren't as big because it all uh, because all it took for Arsenal fans to get back on side was a new kit and a couple of clowns saying, we're spending big. <laughs> Akshat says, it may be negligent, but Josh obviously cares more than Stan at least. Not it means much until we see some ash, uh, action. Ashton says, 15 likes, 127 people watching. Come on, there's nearly two of you, 200 of you now. Let's get some likes in the chat going. Please appreciate the work going in every single day. Matthew DeSouza says, Willock is contract until 2024. Loan him again for a hefty fee and then reassess. Oh, we're going to get onto some Willock stuff very, very soon. Uh, Alan says, wasn't Vinay sacked? No, no, he wasn't. Uh, Raul Sanyehi was was sacked. Uh, Vinay has been here for a long time and isn't going anywhere. Um, good day, John. Uh, gonna hope you're doing well, fella. How much do you think we could swing Pedro Conchalves for? Um, or a lot of money, mate. A lot of money for those that don't know. Sporting Lisbon attacking midfielder, goal scorer midfielder, very, very good. There you go. Um, Jungle says, uh, if you live in the Eastern Hemisphere, like I do right now, no Arsenal in Europe means no more 3 a.m., 4 a.m. weekday wake ups. Fine by me. <laughs> Just dedication, mate. If you're getting up at 3 a.m., 4 a.m. every single time to watch Arsenal play against Mulder in the Europa League. So there you go. Good morning, Stephen from Kenya. Good to have you in here, mate. Uh, K Man says, good to see Josh at the game. Hopefully, he's here to fund some crucial transfers this summer. Uh, Arsenic Gunner says hurting Kroenke hurts Arsenal yes we had a good debate me and Hugh yesterday there is a, a debate on his channel if you're going to go and watch it um, yes he went for me and I felt like I, hold my, I held my own as best as I could so go check it out um, 
Seal says, Tom, we might get uh, the Tim Lewis hairline if we don't sign good players. I'm not going to take the mick out of anyone's hairline because mine is gradually receding as well as I gradually get older. It's just the way life is, Seal. So, you know, don't uh, don't be a person that wants to tempt fate because uh, you never know what might come back to bite you, son. <laughs> Big Nesh says, good morning, Tom. Do you think Leicester are becoming the new specialists in failure? Um, yeah, uh, there will be questions about the fact that they spent so long in the top four and still didn't make it. Big questions, big questions. But they won an FA Cup, so they have won a trophy. Uh, the biggest specialist in failure this season I would look at is probably Carlo Ancelotti, if anyone. So that's that's certainly one to look at. Um, we should look at Yunus Musa, says Ashton, another player that we let go, of course, at Valencia right now. Social says Vinay had to step down from his role in the FA. Yes, that's that's what he stepped down from. He is no longer part of the... Uh, was, well, he left the ECA and now he stepped uh, down from his Premier League responsibilities, I believe. Anyway, let's move on to our next story, which revolves around this man. Joe Willock uh, has had an absolutely amazing season. Seven games, seven goals in a row unbelievable return from this man. It's a big, big debating point. It's going to be coming out through this summer. I'm hopefully this week going to get you guys a tactical breakdown on Joe just to give you some more information and detail and some expert insight for some Newcastle fans about how he has been getting on at the club uh, and how he might fit into Arsenal's team next season. Should we keep him? Also going to have the debate about should we sell? Should we keep? I'm really intrigued to know what people think about that. So that tactical breakdown will be coming out this week. So make sure you're subscribed to get that content. But in regards to what he has said, he has turned around and said, uh, when asked about his future, he says, we'll see what the future holds. I'm blessed to have had the opportunity to play for this wonderful club, and I'm happy it's gone so well, which to me isn't a commitment to Newcastle. I very much am of the opinion that Joe is open, more than open, to being an Arsenal player next season. It's his boyhood club. It's where he's grown up. It's where he's developed. It's where he got his shot. and Fingers crossed we see this come forward for Arsenal. Um, I want to see Joe Willock in an Arsenal show next season. He has utterly changed my mind. He's proven me wrong. I'm so, so glad that he has. In a Newcastle shirt, I should say. Still yet to kind of prove it in an Arsenal shirt for me, but I'm, based on everything that I've seen at Newcastle, he has developed and turned into a hell of a player. Um, it's just about if he can translate that to Arsenal is the biggest question. Let's see what you guys are saying in the chat box about Joe Willock. Uh, Jamie uh, Metcalf says, Morning, guys. I'm a new watcher. Do you think Grealish is a realistic signing? A marquee signing like him could be the club, could give the club rather a huge lift. Well, first of all, welcome, Jamie. You're a very valued member already, and thank you for tuning in. Um, in terms of Grealish, I certainly believe that he would be a big, big plus to us. I don't think it's realistic at this stage. I just, I'm, and that's based upon what I've seen from the club and how they've signed players and the investment that we've seen. That's the problem. Um, let's go to Tom, who says, get at least 30 million, spend it on Basuma. Uh, if the offer isn't good enough, keep him. I mean, who's just people, obviously, and I am one of those people that has suggested that the money used for Willock or rather got from Willock can be then reinvested into other areas. But why, why do we have to, why do we have to just look at it that way? Why can't Arsenal invest without the need to sell Willock? Why do we have to just associate the fact that selling Willock could be reinvested in other players? Why can't we keep our good players and add good players as well? It's I know the idea is that Arsenal typically have been a club that's needed to sell in order to buy, but that needs to change. And we're told that change is coming and we're told that we are going to be doing stuff differently and that we're going to progress and that they've got big plans to invest. So why do we need to sell Willock? Why even if a bid of 30 million comes in, should we sell? Because I just think that there is an argument to say that we shouldn't have to. 
You look at Manchester City, they keep their good players. You look at them, other teams across the league, even like Leicester, their younger players that they're bringing through, they're keeping hold of their players. Even the likes of Brighton, yeah? Think about Dunk, the bid that came in from Leicester for him, like 30 to 40 million quid, turned it down because they want to keep it, keep their good players. Why can't we be in that bracket as well that invests and keeps our good players? If that's the change that we want to see, then surely that's the kind of like situation that we're going to find ourselves in. Uh, Abbe says, Willock is playing without pressure. I disagree. Newcastle, when he joined, were in a situation of absolute peril where they could have been falling into relegation places. In fact, Willock is the reason that they clawed themselves away from those relegation places. So I disagree that there is no pressure. I agree that the pressure at Arsenal would be different, but to say that there's no pressure on him this season to have performed, and considering the fact that he went from a club that was big expectation, that this loan deal could have been a make-or-break situation for him, that's a hell of a lot of pressure. So I don't agree. I see where you're coming from, but I just I think it's different. Um, I think it doesn't work. Uh, Jabalani says, good point, Tom. It is a problem that we rely on sales to make changes. I, uh, because one day an £80 million bid for Saka will come through and we will debate if we should sell or not. Um, I mean, you look at Everton. They received a £100 million bid for Richarlison from Barcelona. If you're Everton and you're going, wow, £100 million, what could we do with that? And they rejected that. They rejected that deal. If the bid that comes in for our players at Willock is like 30 million quid and we're accepting that and we're looking at that and then he goes off and does really well, we look at Emmy Martinez. Are we ever going to learn? Are we going to learn from those mistakes? I know that the counter argument would be, well, look at Ainsley Maitland-Niles. He had a decent end to the season last season, or rather the season before last because last season is now finished. That's going to get confusing. Um, but in 2019-20, it was really good towards the end of the season. Obviously, helped with us getting an FA Cup. But we had a bid come in from him. We didn't take it. He then stayed. His value dropped because he didn't play. He'd gone to West Brom. His value's not improved since going there. And now we'd bite your arm off for probably a 50, 18 to 20 million pound bid for him. But the, but the problem is, is I don't think Maitland-Niles ever was ever showing as good as what Willock has showed while on loan at Newcastle. So that's, that, that's an interesting one. Um, Jashart says, Tom, can you say Willock has transformed in four months or that he's had a coach who has believed in him and give him a run to show what he can do? Jashart, it's an interesting question because I actually think that Mikel Arteta gave Joe Willock a hell of a lot of chances at the start of the season. I think Arteta has really put a lot of faith in Joe Willock throughout his time at Arsenal. You look at the comparison between, say, Joe's chances and Reese Nelson's chances, there's a clear difference for me between those two. Willock's been given a lot of chances by Arteta, whereas Nelson has just not been given really any. So I do think, and I look, and also you got to think about, and I know I don't like using this example because a lot of players leave that go on to do nothing, but there are players like Serge Gnabry, et cetera, that showed a bit of flair and fire at Arsenal, have left and look what they've gone on to become. So when it's someone like a, a Joe Willock that is showing something, that is really, has got the potential there and has, has shown that in the present day and he's still our player, I feel like we should do what we can to hold on to him. I really do. Uh, Neil DeSouza says, why are we are not looking for McGinn instead of Grealish? <laughs> I think there's a big reason, Neil. <laughs> I think quality, I think goals, I think uh, energy, the style of play, the output. I think all of those are reasons why we're looking at Grealish over him. Uh, Vignesh says, which player in Europe would you say is similar to Willick? It's a really hard question, mate, because he plays with such a, uh, an intense style of coming from deep, scoring goals from deep, 
Um, and he's still young. And he's obviously got to, he's got to look at, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, he's got to look at the situation whereby you're looking at other players in Europe. How do you compare? How do you compare a player like Joe Willock to find someone that rises from deeper areas in the midfield and scores goals regularly? I'm thinking and I'm struggling. And I, I don't think that there is any any kind of one that stands out. People in the chat box might be able to tell me a couple of players and give me some shouts, but basically, no, I can't. <laughs> I can't think of anyone at the top of my head because, like, he can play an eight, he can play a ten, he can play a second striker. So it's it's very different. But as Arsenic Gunner says, we'll find out in our tactical breakdown very very soon. So there's that one. Uh, Socek says Neil. I, I'm not sure. I think Socek is more kind of. I know that he likes to get in the box and score. I think he's more reserved in his positioning than Joe. I think he's more of a number eight than Joe. Um, but he's not a bad shout, to be fair. Not a bad shout. And how much would we love Thomas Socek? Anyway, let's go on to our, our final story for the day. It's not There's not been too much news regarding specific transfers, um, but we'll get some thoughts in the Q&A in a little bit. But Martin Erdegaard, of course, his time at Arsenal has come to an end. And Mikel Arteta was questioned on the Norwegian yesterday's press conference. So I'm interested to know whether you think or not we should be holding on or trying to hold on to this guy if we can get a deal done. Anyway, Mikel Arteta said, quite a long quote, so we'll go through this, bear with me. He says, well, we have a very clear and strong opinion on what we would like to do. He's not our player. We'll have discussions in the next few weeks, but first of all, we need to respect that he's a Real Madrid player. We'll have those communications. We've tried to make everything that we could get to Martin performing for the team, which I think he's done, and he has adapted really well to our way of playing, whatever that is, uh, and to our football club. Hopefully, we have given him the hope and the feeling that this could be a good place for him. So clearly, they want him. Like Clearly, clearly Arteta likes Martin Odegaard. Clearly, he is someone that has had an impact in his mind, who he feels is going to have a big difference for him if he was able to sign him on a permanent basis. It's, it's a real struggle for me because I don't think that you can assess Martin Erdegaard in the six months that we've had him effectively. I think when you look at the player, when he came into us, he barely played for Real Madrid at the end of at the start of this season, or last season. He'd had an injury. And so when he came to a completely new league, he's in a situation where it's a new area, a new region, a new style of play, new football. He's been injured. He's got to get up to speed. He then had an injury on international duty as well. And I think that it's been very difficult to assess Martin Odegaard as a player and what he could give us to the point where you could come up with a, a definitive in conclusion about his play. The reason why I prefer to go out and say get a Buendia is because I can assess Buendia and I can look at Buendia and I know what he's going to give Arsenal. He's going to give you goals. He's going to give you assists. He's going to give you drive. He's going to give you flair. He's going to be someone that really goes for the other team. He's going to be tenacious. And he's done that for Norwich and he's taken his game to a new level since he was in the Premier League. Absolutely. If you want proof of that, go watch our tactical breakdown on Buendia. But the point is, is that I can't assess Erdogan in the same way because I just haven't been able to see enough of him for me to make a definitive conclusion on the guy. There is all the possibility in the world. And from when I watched him at Real Sociedad, for him to be a really quality player, an absolute world-beater of an attacking midfielder. He's got the mentality, trust me. The leadership is there. The communication is there. He gets it. He wants to drive forward. He's got a winning mentality. Nothing wrong with his attitude whatsoever. But I just think that 
a fully fit Martin Erdegaard next season that's been adapted and transitioned with a preseason, I think you'd see a much better player than what we've seen this season. But I don't think that it's worth taking a risk signing the guy for, say, 30 to £40 million pounds or more based off of what we've seen. If there was an opportunity to take him on loan for another season and you were telling me, yeah, we can get Erdogan on loan and we're going to go and get Buendia on a permanent and then we can make an option on Erdogan next season, then I'd be more open to that. And I think that Real Madrid might even be open to the idea of another loan for Erdogan because he's not. I don't think he's got a place at the moment in their team. So there's all the possibility that he could be, like Ceballos, up for another loan deal. Like, I mean, if you think about how good Ceballos was at the end of 2019-20 when he formed that partnership with Xhaka, and if we're really being honest, like right now, we're all very happy that Ceballos is probably not going to be with us next season. In fact, we know he's not going to be with us next season. But in the summer of last year, we, a lot of us were quite pleased to get Danny Ceballos back on loan. I think we can be honest about that if we're being real. We were okay with Danny Sabars coming back on loan. We are in a pandemic. We weren't going to be able to spend loads. And we managed to get him on a loan deal for a second season after he finished the season really well and formed a good partnership with Granite Xhaka. But we know after this full season that now it, was not the, it wouldn't have been the right choice to make that a permanent deal. So if you can get Erdogan say, on a loan deal for next season, and I want us to go out and still sign a Buendia on top of that, which call me greedy, but I think it's the most sensible thing to do, I think that makes a lot more sense than risking a hell of a lot of money on someone like Erdogan that's not had the opportunity to really show us what his full potential is. Thank you, Abdul, for the donation. Much appreciated, mate. Really do appreciate that. Um, let's see what you guys are saying about Martin Erdogan in the chat box. Let me scroll up so I can get some more of the earlier comments so it's a little bit fairer on you guys that were talking throughout. Uh, Devesh says, Buendia over Erdogan. T by Pest said, he's very good when he plays as a 10, not so much as an 8. Dave says, the bigger issue in our style is we allow oppositions to get behind the ball. This is why Willock has shown his quality at Newcastle and why Erdogan has struggled. Mitchell says, he's going to cost a pretty penny. I think Madrid, although they are in a difficult situation, would hold out for top dollar. He has the potential still to go all the way. No one lets them assets go for cheap. I mean, you look at some of the players they have let go and the money they've got for some of those players they've sold. Uh, I think that we would, I think we'd do well to get a very good deal for Erdogan. Um, but it depends how much he pushes for the move himself, I think, as well. Plus, he has already said that it is still very much his dream to make it at Real Madrid, as I'm, I'm sure it is for a lot of players. Darth Vader has dropped in to tell us if we get Martin Erdegaard, probably alone, then that's no bid for Buendia or another 10. I'm not, I'm not necessarily sure that it is because I think the difference with Buendia is that he can play in the right-hand side, the left-hand side, and number 10. He's so versatile and he gives you such a different dimension that they might be open to going for both if you can get Erdegaard on alone. So I don't think it necessarily rules out the other. Cyrus says, has to be done Erdegaard plus Buendia. If just picking one, then Buendia for sure, which is probably where I'm sitting right now. This is not Alex. Says, I would be ecstatic if we could sign Erdegaard. Buendia would be great too, but Erdegaard has the potential to be our first actual world-class player since Alexis Sanchez. Wow, that is a big, big shout. Good, uh, I was going to say good afternoon there, Wilson, but good morning, mate. Hope you're well, son. Uh, Zeus says, get Buendia permanent deal and full season loan for Erdegaard. Uh, Marley says Erdogan is going to be overpriced. Awar might be a cheaper option. 
Sorry, I couldn't keep a straight face while saying his name. Uh, Tom says, let's get another season f- uh, loan for Martin. Real Madrid want funds for transfers, but they still need to loan players to get them off their huge wage bill. Knowles says, we should absolutely try and hold on to him uh, on a loan deal plus an option to buy if the resources permit it. We haven't seen the best from him yet, and he's dropped quite a few 8 out of 10 performances like yesterday under the radar. Alan says, I would have kept Erdegaard if Aubameyang was in beast mode. Now I prefer Buendia. We need a goal-scoring, full-on attacking midfielder. Definitely so. Let's scroll down a bit further. John Williams says, disagree, Tom. Erdegaard has played with our players, even with a limited sample size. I feel that's a much better assessment than a player on another team. Arguably so. You're not you're not making a, a, a bad point whatsoever, John. You're right. In in the sense, we can make a better judgment maybe on a player that's been with it in our team than someone like Joe Willock, who's been away and performing well somewhere else. Um, but I still think that there is legitimacy to the argument that he's come straight in from a new league. He's barely played at the start of the season. He's got to get up to speed. And I think what we've seen from him is definitely promising. Um, but it's a good debate. Definitely so. Uh, John G says, Tom, what price tag for Erdogan would you be happy to snap him up? I wouldn't pay anything more than 35 for the guy, to be honest. I think in a situation that we find ourselves in, the situation that Real Madrid are in, and what he's given, his injury records, I think 30 to 35 mil is max. I don't think that you'd get him for that. I think that Real Madrid would want more, but that's the max I'd be looking to pay for the guy, to be honest. And says, has Pepe's form made... Uh, Tom? Do you mean toy or top? Tom thinks, oh, uh, has made Arteta maybe think twice about getting Buendia. Can both players fit into this team? Um, I I think that Pepe's form is a result of consistency. And what I mean by that is not consistency in his game. I think it's more so the consistency of him being trusted by Arteta to play games. That's That's what I think. Uh, he needs game time. He needs to be played consistently. That's the only way that you're going to get the best from Pepe. Stop taking him out of games after three matches in a row. Keep playing him. Play him what you've got now the Premier League, week in, week out. No European football. Let Pepe play every single game and see him flourish. See him do what he can do best. That's what we want from Nicola Pepe is consistent playing time. That's where you're going to get the best from the guy, and that's what we need to work towards. So 100% next season, I want to see Pepe playing pretty much every single game. It's as simple as that. Indonil says, is it fair to give Arteta some credit for the improvement seen in Pepe? He's known for his work on wingers. He's openly challenged Pepe to work on himself mentally, and we're seeing that now. Whilst I think that Pepe has improved under Arteta, I think that there is a legitimate criticism of Arteta that he's not played him enough. He has not played him consistently enough that we haven't seen the type of performances that we've seen over the last few weeks or so on a consistent basis at the club. Had Pepe been given the rope to go out and play every single game, then 100% I'd start giving more credit to Arteta for Nicola Pepe. But the fact that he has chopped and changed and taken him out of teams and dropped him after a good performance, that's not helping. That's not good management of the guy. It's not about challenging him. That's interrupting his flow, and and I do have criticisms of that 100%. 
Um, let's go down. Uh, Wilson says, do you think a loan deal for Erdogan and Buendia for £35 million makes sense? Uh, I think a loan deal, um, and if you can get Buendia for 35 that's unreal. I think it will cost you at least 40 But yeah, a loan for him and a, a buy for Buendia would be perfect for me. Wilson says, do you think Pepe is treated unfairly by Arteta? As we I kind of talked about that, I think he has been treated a little bit unfairly. I think he should have been given more game time. Jashar says, I mean, arguably, for some people, he's been our player of the season in comparison with like uh, Bakayo Saka. Those two, I think, are two players that you could look at and say, arguably, one of those two gets the player of the season pick. Jashar says, do you think that Erdogan's situation is complicated as he only has two years left on his deal at Real Madrid? I think if he really pushes and says, look, I'm not going to sign a new deal. I don't want to sign a new deal with you. I want to go to Arsenal, cash in on me, let it go, or do a loan with an option or an obligation to buy. I think that makes more sense. Uh, Anne says, sorry, Tom, my question is more about whether we can fit Buendia and Pepe into the same team. Yes, I think we can fit them into the same team because Buendia's uh, versatility means that you could play him as an inside second striker or as a number 10, play Pepe on the right or play Pepe on the left. We know he can work on either side. So yeah, I think there's all the scope to play them together. Konstantin says, Erdogan is good, but is he out of the 10th, uh, but is he out of the number 10 position? I hope we will sign Buendia and he will play as the centre as a true 10. Um, Abdul says, Tom, are you Arteta in or Arteta out? I mean, I said after the... How are you putting labels and things? I said when it was the the loss to Villarreal, we went out. I said in that moment, I felt that they sh- that they made complete sense for him to be sacked. He's not been sacked. He's not going to be sacked. I have no influence on it, so I'm just going to see what happens. Um, I always said from the start, I said I want to see this season, but after the Villarreal game, I didn't think that was justifiable. So he should have been sacked then. He's not going to be and hasn't been. So let's see how he gets on this season. That's how I'm looking at it. Uh, Arjit says, Tom, Xhaka for a player of the season shout. He has been very consistent when in midfield. He has, but I think there's been too many high-profile errors, Arjit, this season for uh, him to be considered. Uh, Tom R says, it's impossible to say how well Odegaard will do next season as the team will look very, very different. Loan him and buy and buy and buy Buendia. <laughs> I was getting that buy Buendia, buy Buendia. Um, Ian says, we know we need four first teamers at least, but knowing our ownership, how many do you think we will rope in? Which one is more important for me at centre midfield? I think the most important position on the pitch has to be in the forward line, being that creative player. That's the area of the pitch that we're really lacking in goals, in creativity. The central midfield, Partey and Jacker have been okay for me. And you've got backup options and you've got Willock coming back. For me, the priority has moved for me from the central midfield area to a more creative goal-scoring midfielder in a forward line, be it a Buendia, be it someone else. That, for me, has shifted. My priorities have shifted. Seeing that we have the third best defence in the whole of the Premier League, and yet I think the joint 10th best goal-scoring rate, for me, the priority moves into that creative goal-scoring attacking midfield role. Uh, Indonil says, since getting KSE's backing, Arteta has won four and four. Maybe the fans need to back this manager again. Despite obvious difficulties in doing so, Arteta must start well next season or his time will be over. It's, it's Honestly, mate, it's, it's pressure from day one. It, this guy is going to be judged in every single performance from from now, not even day one of the first season, from the transfer window. Cyrus says, thoughts on the Kane transfer, Tom, and the impact it could have on next season's title race. I think if Man City get Kane, then domination 
for them going forwards. I think if Chelsea get Kane or Man United get Kane, it makes the title race a lot more interesting. It also depends on how Kane does when he moves there. There's no guarantee that he will go there and continue how he's been getting on for Spurs because he won't maybe have the same uh, responsibility or the same kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, he won't be kind of the main focus necessarily because there's so many more quality players at the other sides. So you don't know. But I think if City get him, then that's domination for them over the next however many years, to be honest. I think it'd be very difficult not to to, to, to not match them, basically. Uh, Adam says, totally agree, Tom. Willian's arrival was the worst thing for Pepe. We may have had this Pepe all season that had Willian not been given a starting spot. Uh, wow, stop, says Pepe was more productive in his limited time. Played uh, played than Willian. If only Arteta re realised this, we could have been... They're playing in the prestigious European Conference League with the big boys. <laughs> uh, Mike ZM says, since we're out of Europe, what are Arsenal's minimum objectives? Top four, mate, has got to be the, the minimum. Pushing for that top four place. If we were in the conference next season, I would have said top six because of the, the other competitions that we're involved in. But now, without any distractions of European football, top four is the minimum that we should be looking at trying to compete for. If we don't get it, I'm not saying that's necessarily a failure. I just want to see a protracted fight for top four. In the, in the last game of the season, we are still in with a shout of getting that top four spot. That is what I want. That's my target for next season as an absolute minimum. Uh, Neil says, Tom, Arsenal should consider Aguero on a two-year contract. He's going to Barcelona, mate. So that's that's not something that we're going to be looking at, I'm afraid. Uh, so Hill says, Tom, do you think the players should be told to pressurise the refs and the manager too and not be soft? Um, I I don't I don't know. Um, obviously, usually when players start criticizing questioning managers that's when breakdowns begin happening i feel like there needs to be a level of respect yes challenging is fine and asking questions is fine but an uprising is is a very fine line between that so i think you need to be careful definitely so right let's round off today's show thank you all so much for listening guys please drop a like on the video if you have been tuning in you have been tuning in every single day i see so many of you are making this your daily routine now which is fantastic uh, i hope you enjoy the content i'll be back this evening with another podcast for you guys and we're joined by mike and ola and raf for a discussion about the season as a whole so make sure you tune in for that uh, and then I'll be back tomorrow, of course, every single day, 8 a.m. for your transfer show. And then in the afternoon tomorrow, I'll be joined by Clive from the Arsenal Vision podcast to talk about the season even more and looking ahead to the transfer window further. I'm hopefully in the next few days going to be able to get you guys a tactical breakdown on both Joe Willock and Sander Berg. That is something I'm looking to do. So fingers crossed that can get happening. Um, but it's been a pleasure to speak to you guys as always. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.